Welcome to episode three of season five of the Simplify and Multiply show. And today I'm going to be having a great conversation with Troy Hazard. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. Hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. Well, hello, Troy. Welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. It is so good to have you here. How are you today? Oh, I'm fabulous. How are you going? Oh, I'm doing great. And you know what? I was so looking forward to this conversation with you because when we first met, you at the it was at the Florida Speakers Association chapter meeting. And we I went up to you and we started talking and and we kind of, you know, had some connection there. And I'm like, oh, do you have a business card? And you're like, I don't carry business cards. <laughs> <laughs> so I want you to tell our listener why you don't carry business cards. <laughs> Uh, look, part of it's I'm lazy. Is that is that the right answer? Uh, at least you're honest. Exactly. No, so, so this I'm in my studio upstairs at the moment, and in, in the corner of the studio, there's a box. It's about about a foot by a foot full of business cards I've never even opened. Oh that, my god! Look, the main reason is this: um, I don't have a day job, so I don't actually really need a business card to show who I am, what I do. I sit on a number of board of directors, so people come through my private email and phone number anyway. And when I'm speaking at different functions, I figure if you've got a question for me and you know it's important to you, you'll find me because I'm one of the yeah. easiest guys on the planet to find. Troy at yeah. troyhazard.com. Go to my website. Up, you know, a 30-second Google and you'll track me down. And if you really want to ask me that question later, then you're keen for an answer and I'm keen to help you and I'll take that time to respond. So I prefer to say, no, I haven't got a card, but you know, you know where to find me if you need me. Come chase me down. And, I love and, it. and the good news is that so many people do, and I do enjoy that part of it. I spoke at a function only a few days ago with a thousand participants, and I reckon I've answered about twenty-five or thirty emails in the last twenty-four hours or so. And that was that's a that's a cool result for me because these guys want to learn, and they've taken the time to find me, and I, I like that. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm going to make this episode about how my listener can have a business where they don't need a business card. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Which, as me as a marketer, right? You know, that's like the number one thing. Like, always have a business card. <laughs> yeah. I haven't got a card. The sky's falling. Yeah, I know. I hear you. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Some people use them as crutches, and and oh man, I've got a box full of some of the most outrageously awful business cards yeah. I've ever seen. I'm sure. But anyway, I'd love to get us started. As you know, this season is about how creativity transforms your business. Mm -hmm. And you have mm -hmm. accomplished so much in your career, in your profession, as a speaker, as a television host, as an author and trainer. And you're very clear about the areas that you help businesses, you know, with customer experience, leadership, all these things. So, so important. And the fact that you're having that kind of a footprint, I want the listener to really hear some of the creativity that you've used to get to this place. And we'll just start there. 
Yeah, look, I, I've had a few different interviews today and the same sort of questions come up. What did you do when you first started? How were you creative in getting the business going? And, and I, I actually fell into business. I, it wasn't planned. I was working for a radio station uh, in the late 80s. I had a change of manager. We didn't get along so great. I lost, he won, and all of a sudden I'm unemployed. So my journey into private enterprise was not planned. Uh, mm. And I ended up going home that evening, turning the news on, having a few glasses of wine and maybe a few more. And, <laughs> and, and the property market in Australia at the time where I was living mm. was going really well. And so I thought, I know, I'll renovate houses. That seems like a good idea. And I, I rang my mother, uh, who was an interior decorator. And I said, look, I've got an idea. I'm going to sell my apartment. And I think I'm going to go and renovate houses. How about we do it together? I'll do all the building and the, the buying and selling. And you can do all the, all the decorating stuff. And we'll, we'll, I reckon we'll do great. And she said, that's a great idea, Troy, but you're not very handy. <laughs> so <laughs> my, my first dose of creativity came from, yeah, she's right. <laughs> I don't yeah. know one end. I got no clue what in the hammer from another. So how am I going to get this done? And I had a mentor who was a real estate broker. So I, I drilled him on, on, on how to get best deals done. And then I had a mate who was a carpenter. So I drilled him and said, okay, how can I get you and your crew together? And started creatively putting a team together where all I had to do was just talk to people, which I could do reasonably well, and pull the deals together and then have everybody kind of move in behind me and get things done. And Right. And the plan worked because it, was, it wasn't a typical renovator plan. Like you, you watch the shows on television and the husband and wife get in and they get dirty. Mm -hmm. and they, they, That was never me. I, I never, the worst I get was maybe a bit of paint on me. Um, but <laughs> I, my job was to go to lunch with real estate brokers and get them plastered so I could get a better deal from them. <laughs> and so, so the first creative approach was find smart people that knew stuff that you didn't surround yourself with them and do what you do best, which was talk to people and, and do deals. And wow. we ended up doing 13 houses in 18 months. Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was a really good ride. So yeah, you went... could have certainly pulled that off by yourself, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> I'm so clever. Um, <laughs> what, it, what it showed me was that uh, while I had a skill set in one area, I didn't need to have the skill set with everything we did in that business. Mm. So it was a really good lesson for me that work with what you're good at, find smart guys and girls around you to help you with what you're not good at, and that's how you move things forward faster. And, and creatively, because I, all I need to do is be the ringmaster. All I need to do is just make sure these guys are happy and they're having fun and we've got a good, good team thing going on here. And, and so I would just do that. I'd go run around, do the deals, make sure there was beers on a Friday mm -hmm. afternoon, make sure we'd go and have fun on the weekends, all that good gear to make sure everyone was happy and enjoying themselves. And that gave us a real fun, energetic environment. Yeah, and I, and what I'm listening for in there is the creativity and just bringing the right people together mm. and to know how to identify where the gaps are, where you need help, you know, as opposed to just kind of throwing a bunch of things at it, at it and hoping it works. Well, and I exactly. think that requires a lot, yeah. It does, and so a lot of solo entrepreneurs and young business people or emerging business owners have, have heard of the SWOT analysis, the yes. strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. What we don't do often is do that on ourselves. We don't look mm. introspectively at our own wow. skill set to look at, look at our lives and say, well, what am I good at? Let me be that guy or that mm -hmm. girl. What am I not good at? Let me go find that guy or that girl to help me with that and, and fill that gap. 
And, and the creativity around that is, well, if I'm understanding what I'm good at and what they're good at, how do I bring them together as part of the same team, even if they're not? So mm. using the housing example, we, we would bring in plumbers and carpenters and electricians and painters and landscapers from different businesses all over the city, but I'd try and match them together so they had a common hook. And the common hook might be their love of motorsport or their love of golf or they were just, you know, things that they had in common where there was a, a creative energy that came with that where I knew they were going to get along and maybe collaborate better and come up with some more creative ideas on the property because they were having fun as mates as much as they were as part of their business. And gotcha. so I would get properties without even a clue of what we're going to do to fix them, what, what they're going to look like when they're finished and let them come together as a group and, and create that outcome uh, with this, their skill sets and my ringleading in the middle of it all. Yeah, that's true leadership, you know, when you can step back and let the, the dynamics unfold and allow something to happen. And it's, you know, on the surface, it looks like your product is the real estate property, when in fact, your your true product is the team and the fact yeah. that you're able to empower that team to do what needs to be done in order to create the real estate Absolutely. solution. And, and, and that's a really, really important point because of the 13 businesses I've owned, I probably only knew what we really did in two of them. Mm. I didn't need to know. I just yeah. needed to know what I could do to add value to those businesses, how I could create people around that value to propel it forward, mm -hmm. how we were going to get into it, how we are going to grow it, and how we are going to get out of it. And if I could solve those things, I didn't know what we did. It didn't matter. I had smart guys around me that knew that stuff. I just had to make sure they were feeling good about themselves and that they were opening their minds to to try new things and, and be creative and, and look at different uh, different angles on, on different things we were experiencing to try and drive us through the next level of growth. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm really keying into the empowerment of the team to be creative, to bring their creativity, because I believe mm. that, and this is always a challenge for solopreneurs because we live in a silo, we work from home, where we travel a lot, and we're not typically in an environment where we're working with a dynamic team that can bring about a solution that we're pulling creativity from them to create the solution. Because a lot of these people that uh, solopreneurs often engage to, you know, run their business or do projects or what have you, they're basically focused on a task. So they're yeah. like gigmeisters. I'm using this word a lot more, yeah. you know, <laughs> as I'm learning more myself about it. Right. And they're very focused on getting that one task done so they don't have that strategic oversight. They don't have a long game because that solopreneur often really doesn't have the leadership skills or the what you're speaking to as far as, you know, making sure they're happy, making mm. sure they have a space to create and do their best work kind of thing going on. And, and I always found that really challenging in the solopreneur world. It is because you wake up every day and every day is Super Bowl. Mm. There is no practice. There is no uh, down days. Every day is Super Bowl because yeah. you eat what you kill and then you have to wake up the next day and go hunting yet again. And even if I go back to the early days where we didn't have staff, and just, just by the by, I don't have any staff now. I have interests, investments, board positions, and I do stuff, but I don't have any staff. Uh, and, and so I've kind of gone full circle over the last 30 yeah. years where I start without staff <laughs> yeah. and I finish without staff. But along that journey, one of the things that was really instrumental in, in my personal development and bringing that creativity out was to create an advisory board. 
So while I was managing projects and in houses or in other businesses that we were getting involved in and bringing teams together for that gig or for that event or that project, I still had to find a way to nurture my creativity beyond that. Because when you're in the game, that's all you're thinking about. It's the game. Mm-hmm. And it's the next score you've got or you know the full-time siren going off and who wins or who loses. So you don't have a, a real chance to think about the next event or the next project or the next gig. And so your creativity only comes out when that project's finished. So you get this seesaw of cash flow where I finished the gig on Friday, I got the weekend to think about the next gig. On Monday, I jump out of the gate, it's the Super Bowl again. Yeah. What I found was if I created an advisory board that sat behind that day-to-day, they were the guys that brought out the creativity in me to think laterally about issues or to think differently about the positioning of some of the things we were doing. So I've assembled um, three other guys. They've never worked in my companies. I've never worked for them. We've never been business partners. Uh, We've worked on projects together as consultants or as board members, but we've never actually been that tied together. And they've been the same guys for 25 years. I meet with them four times a year in Australia. I fly back to Australia for the meetings. Mm -hmm. We meet for three or four hours of the morning and I bring my business issues to the table. I bring my personal and life issues to the table. And we talk about that. They bring theirs. We discuss that with each other and help each other out and broaden our horizons and our minds to solutions to some of those things we're dealing with. And then we go to lunch and drink 100 bottles of red wine. <laughs> <laughs> I like that kind of advisory board. <laughs> and that's when it gets interesting. <laughs> That's when the creativity is really flowing. That's exactly right. So by about 6 p.m., we've got some really good ideas. Uh, (laughs) None of them are feasible, but we got great ideas. No, 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 not at all. They're never going to work, but that doesn't matter. But the process of that creativity is really important. And and to be really frank, some of those ideas at 6 p.m. are pretty cool. One of those ideas at 6 p.m. is the reason I live in America because they, they challenged me on, on that shift. I, I kept saying, I wouldn't mind going to America one day. I wouldn't mind trying my hand there to see if I could compete. I reckon I could be good enough to compete in the market. And the three of them sat at the, at the table that we're still at six hours later and said to me, you're not thinking laterally enough about that move. You're thinking about getting on an aircraft and flying to America to live there. You're not thinking about how you could get there. Mm. And each of them at that moment in time said, we're all gonna tip in 50 grand as a bet that you won't come up with a smart, creative way to find yourself in America in 12 months' time. I kid you not. This is a true story. Absolute true story. That is commitment. That is a committed group. (laughs) I didn't didn't take the bet because the challenge was not the bet. The the challenge was coming up with a smart way to get myself here. And the smart way for me was to write a book that was released in America, which brought us here for a media tour, and we're still here 11 years later. So where I was going with that was that, advisory board was the anchor or still is the anchor and the catalyst for my creativity and opening my mind up to new ways to do business, new ways to look at things, new ways to solve problems, new ways to live my life sometimes because Mm. their perspective is entirely different to mine. Well, not only that, but you guys have been together for 25 years. So you, I mean, you know a a lot and you probably call each other on your BS. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even even across the other side of the Pacific, you know, if they know something's going on in my life, I'll, I'll often get a phone call, you know, mm-hmm. of an evening and they go, hey, what's happening over there? I heard X, Y, Z. 
And um, I'll go, how'd you hear that? <laughs> the, the, the grapevine has kind of worked. And, yeah, they and, might hear about stuff before even you do. Yeah, and they go, no, no, come on, tell us what's going on there. We, we, yeah, so, yes, the, the accountability that comes with it is also uh, very, very important to the process. But most importantly, I do love our creative uh, experiences together where it's all about coming up with new ideas and new ways to look at things. So when you first started this, I really I want to kind of pull on this thread a little bit, Troy, if it's all sure. right with you. Yeah. When you first came up with this idea, I think it's fabulous. You know, a lot of a lot of us solopreneurs will have like a mastermind that we're part of or that we're running. But because of the role we play in it, it doesn't have that balance that sounds like your advisory board does, where you guys are so close knit and really out to help the others change the game, so to speak. Yeah. When I look at mastermind groups, they're typically common in industry. Mm -hmm. uh, they're common in ambition. Uh, they're common in the evolution of the cycle of their business and where they sit. Um, they, they have a like-mindedness that they're either going to create a journey together, create a product together, create a service together, create an idea they can all use or access, as opposed to having a different view. Um, yeah. So it would be like me getting together a room full of um, landscapers and helping them think differently about the way they grow their business in a B2B or a B2C environment. Um, so the solo entrepreneur that comes and does our yard every week, um, it'd be me sitting down with him and his mates and having him think differently and creatively about how they grow their business as opposed to his mate sitting down with him over a beer on a Friday, right, right. moaning about the industry and how seasonally cyclical it was mm -hmm. and how they're going to make a difference and how they're going to you know, get it through the next season when everyone goes, well, that's her stuff. So yeah. my perspective is, is kind of unusual because I don't care. <laughs> my, my, and the that's only what we love about you. <laughs> well, the, well, the only care I've got is that I can jolt them into thinking a little bit differently about what, what their position in life is. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care about the business or the sector. It's unimportant to me. It's a widget. But yeah. their success is, is something that will come from them looking at life through a different lens. Yeah. And, and that's really, I, I really want to acknowledge you for setting aside your ego because when we're in these types of groups and masterminds and things like this, where we think we're getting colleague support, peer support, it is a, it is a, you know, I like you. Do you like me? So there's this level of pleasing that we want to do because we want to be liked. And so we really don't push the buttons. We don't, uh, you know, challenge people to really think differently. And, and so I, I love this idea of an advisory board that can actually provide the stimulation of thought, ideas, like, I hate the cliche, but out of the box, like out of the planet <laughs> kind of imagineering where you can come up with something that you've never even thought of before. Because as solopreneurs, we are very myopic. We live in our little box and we do our things day in and day out, like you say, every day Super Bowl. So taking the time to actually have that is so huge. So if if you were to coach a solopreneur on how to develop their own advisory board or put something like that together, like what mm. you have, what are some of the things that you would offer about that? Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. 
I challenge you to be more creative in your business, to innovate, to simplify. But if you're thinking, I'm not creative, or I don't have time to brainstorm ideas, or even my business is just fine the way it is, well, I'm gonna challenge those assumptions because they will kill your profitability. They're all stories and excuses preventing your business from being better, from running smarter, from being more satisfying and fulfilling for you. Wouldn't it be great if your brand, products, and processes were able to do more? To resonate with your target clients more effectively? To be a more personal experience for existing clients? To become relevant again instead of stale and dated? Yeah, I thought so. So if you'd like to pump some vitality back into your business using creativity, innovation, and simplification, book a free creativity call with me by visiting pappychat.com. Give your business the battery jump it needs to provide more stability and profitability. Get your free creativity call on the calendar now by visiting pappychat.com. Let's you and I brainstorm something amazing for you and your business. Find people you respect. Uh, find people that you've seen are already being creative and have an open mind to life, to business, or or thinking differently. Um, take something to the table for them. Yeah, so I was going to say, you'd have to have some element of peer-to-peer because -peer uh, yeah, you don't want to be the only one who's getting value. Right. There's two parts to it. There's a peer-to-peer -peer environment, but there's also um, paying it forward that I think is important mm -hmm. in, that, in that process. An early business mentor of mine said, uh, Troy, you've got to earn your bus tickets. And I said, what do you mean earn my bus tickets? He said, well, your bus ticket gets you from A to B. And you don't just get a bus ticket. You've got to earn your bus ticket. You've got to go out there and, and work for it and deserve the bus ticket. And then you put your bus ticket in your pocket. And when you really need it because you can't walk, that's when you pull your bus ticket out <laughs> and it helps you get from A to B. And I go, okay, that makes sense. Your advisory group is, is kind of like that. I don't go to these meetings empty-handed. I go prepared with what I want to talk about. I go with what I'd like to get out of the group, what, I, what, I, what I'd like to see happen. Um, uh, I, I, I go there understanding their lives and their journey and where they are at the evolution of their journey such that I can add value to their position as well. And they know that I'm coming prepared for that. So there's a, a symbiotic relationship where we're both helping each other out, which is important. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone knows that. So that we're not going to these, this, these meetings thinking that I might get something or is it really worth my day? or mm. what? But that's why I fly back to Australia for them. That's how important yeah. they are. I actually get on a plane yeah. and go home for it. And because of that commitment, everybody is all in. And I think yeah. if you're looking to create this sort of uh, platform to help you, then find the people that you believe would be all in. Because if they're not all in, all you're going to do is turn up and just help them with something that's going on in their life. And the next month, they'll say the same thing to you. And the month after, they'll say the same thing. And it'll just go round and round circles where you're telling them how you might be able to help. They're not acting on it. You get frustrated. Waste of time. Yeah. And, and that's tricky. I think you're very fortunate that you've cultivated these relationships with these, uh, you know, co-advisors, so to speak, in your group and able to you know, without even thinking about it, you just you guys know you've got each other's back and that you're all getting value and you're all giving value. And that can be a little challenging, especially for the person who is the um, invite 
Tur, <laughs> the one who creates the idea of putting together a group and bringing people in. Um, and I would imagine that that would require some sort of understanding, agreement, um, you know, it doesn't have to be written, obviously, but how can you really facilitate that so you don't end up having a really out of balance group? Yeah, our platform came out of the Entrepreneurs' Organization. The Entrepreneurs' Organization is a group of about 14,000 people around the world. Uh, all entrepreneurs own their own businesses. Their businesses all do a million dollars in revenue. I've been a part of that group for 20 plus years. I was actually the global president of the organization in 2006, 2007. These guys have been born out of that group. So I've known them via that group for okay. a long time. And that platform is one of trust and respect. It's, it's one of active listening. Um, and it's got a, a cultural uh, basis that brings that to the table. Uh, we don't pay each other. We don't expect anything from each other other than the respect that we're there mm -hmm. and helping each other in the time we have allocated to do that. So there needs to be a constitution or some sort of an arrangement that you create with your advisory board that would be similar and simply sitting around with these individuals and talking about it for two or three hours is the best way to do that because mm. that's, that's, the, that's the path to success where you have an alignment. Mm -hmm. uh, and you might take three or four goes. Uh, yeah. You might have four or five false starts where you still don't know that you're going to get anything out of this, but you've got to just push forward because creativity breaks through when you've got people forcing you to be creative. Sitting on your beach, you know, contemplating life is, is part of it. I mean, I love it. I mean, we live on the beach here in Fort Lauderdale. I love walking out there every day for 30 minutes and just contemplating life. It doesn't necessarily make me creative. It clears right. my head, but it doesn't yeah. challenge me to do better tomorrow than I am today and try new things. It just says, I'm out here on my own having a quiet moment. Um, so there's an, there's an evolution that might happen to get you with the right group of people, and that's okay. Just take that journey knowing that sooner or later you'll find a group of individuals that will challenge you. Yeah, and, and thank you for kind of spending some time talking about that because I was thinking of it and processing it like the how of it uh, as we've been talking. So thanks for answering those questions. And one of the things that I, I'm kind of seeing as I step back and look at this conversation is that we can all be co-creators with one another, that the the inspiration and stimulation of new ideas doesn't have to be born from within. I think that the people around us, even just random people, they don't even need to be a deliberate group per se or a mastermind or you know someone who's in the same industry or business as you. You can get ideas from so many different sources, but the key is to get out and surround yourself and put yourself in those environments so those types of things happen. And I think that being able to create a group like your advisory group is is such a rare thing, especially when you have the right mix of people to bring that type of value. I mean, 25 years, that's a hell of a commitment. Absolutely. One another, probably another thing that's worthy of note is that uh, if you're a solo entrepreneur <clears throat> just starting out or thinking you might start on your own journey and you know you're bad at math, don't go and put an accountant in your advisory board because you're just going to get into work for free, right? And he knows that. So don't do that. Um, if, you, if you're like me and you're lousy at administration, don't go and find someone that can help you fix that. Go and find someone that's going to bring you out of your shell, not out of your hole. 
Um, yeah. Oh, I like that. Ooh. You know, f- f- fine. Go and pay for your accountant and your lawyer and your assistant. Do all that stuff as you should do as a business yeah. owner. And then go find someone that can enhan- gonna enhance that. Because that basic stuff you should be doing anyway. Yeah. Um, it's so they're the not going to fix your day-to-day yeah. problem. They're, they're, they're yeah. there to say, you got your day-to-day in shape. Now I'm going to drive you into the next game because yeah. I can really add some value to it. Now, I think that's an important point because I have seen a few of these things over the years really fall foul because I'm just going to get the guys I need to help me fix my problems. And I kind of get into that position every now and then where people call me going, oh, look, I need someone to help me with strategy, Troy. Yeah, yeah, that's what I get paid to do. (laughs) (laughs) It's not what I'm going to do for a... I don't need you to buy me a beer to do that. I can can afford my own beer. But... um, (laughs) but, (laughs) So anyway... I just thought it's worthy of a, of a mention because no, uh, absolutely. as everyone and goes lo- through this in their head, they're going, oh, I can save myself a hundred bucks on an accountant. That's fabulous. <laughs> it's, not, it's not really the case. Yeah, I get it. And and it's an important distinction because, you know, especially when you're talking about the SWOT analysis, like, oh, I, I'm weak in this area, so I got to shore that up and bring. But the advisory group idea is something completely different. It's at it a is. different level. Honestly, it's at a different level. It is. And it is. Yeah, and I think that it's important for the listener to note, don't undersell your ability to inspire the creative engine of the person that you're working with in that advisory group or just someone in general, whether it's a client, a colleague, oh, or whoever. You don't have to have any experience in their category. My guys, one owns a hat manufacturing business. One owns a quarry. I mean, I got nothing to do with that. You know, another guy's got a shipping <laughs> business. I mean, they've all got different things that I all got nothing to do with. And they've never been in my industries either at all. Yeah. And so when you put that together, that's that's perfect because they look at it and go, that doesn't make sense to me. And when you explain it, sometimes they go, oh, okay, I get it. <coughs> Pardon me. Other times they go, I got no clue what you're talking about. So, <laughs> Can you like decipher that for me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Can you figure yeah, puppets maybe? I know. That's great. I love this. I love, I'm so glad the conversation went this direction because, you know, the fact that you have that in your life is, is kind of the reason why you don't carry around business cards. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) So as we wrap up, Troy, is there anything, uh, any final thoughts that you'd like to offer our listener about just innovating, being creative, allowing that, creating the environment, anything you can offer about that? You know, um, it's probably off topic a little bit, but I think they're related. And I, I would suggest that as you go through this journey as a solopreneur trying to uh, grow a business where you will have maybe some employees or you will have a bigger animal that you're trying to manage, start with a vision. Mm. Uh, because that clarity of vision gives you the freedom to be creative along the journey. One of my biggest failures, I think, in the early years was we would get into businesses because they're a good idea. We'd start out, we'd run at 100 miles an hour, and our whole business strategy was if we made more, we'd have more. And if we had more, we could get a bigger house. And that's just not the right mindset at all. Um, More does Mm -hmm. not equal more. In fact, more costs you more because growth costs money. And we forget that. And, And if I look back now, we got to about our fourth business, maybe our fifth business, where I actually started to go into them with the clarity of how I was going to get out of them. So we would look at opportunities to purchase, opportunities to, to, to create or, or to grow. And on the way in, I would have the clarity of how we're going to get in, who we would bring in or who I'd surround myself with to help me with that journey, how we were going to grow them, what that journey looked like, 
what it looked like when it was finished, and how I would get out of them. And then that, that clarity gave me the freedom then to be creative on the journey, which is part of the reason why I never needed to understand what we sold or, or what the widget was. And I had a technology company, had no clue what we did. But I knew I had smart guys in their programming mm. that had a real niche that they were servicing. And I had clever sales guys that were selling it. I just needed to add my smarts on governance and positioning and how we took it to market with a bit of a different spin to our competitors. And that was my value. I didn't have to work anything else out. And, and using that as an example, my clarity of vision of how we we're going to get into the business, how we we're going to grow the business, how we we're going to get out of the business when it was done, gave me the freedom of mind to be able to be creative and add value on the journey. If I did not have that clarity, I would not have had that freedom. And therefore, I could not have been creative because I'm buried in the weeds, trying mm. to fix it and be reactive to everything on a daily basis. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether your business is just you and you're making 50 grand a year or you and you're making 5 million a year, or you've got this vision of having a company with a thousand employees, the journey should be exactly the same. My speaking business is in fact not a business, it's a career. I don't have any employees, therefore it's a job. Um, but I have exactly the same vision. I'm chairman of the board of a business in the pool industry uh, with 140 retail outlets and 600 service units. I don't have a day job in that business, but my vision of the strategy of that business is exactly the same. And by having that clarity of vision, I have the creativity to think differently about mergers and acquisitions, global expansion, different ways we're looking at growing the business around the planet. If I did not have that, I'd probably just turn up at board meetings and go through the motions on the day to day and be right. stuck in the weeds. So where you look at it from uh, me being a, a solo entrepreneur with my speaking business and no employees, and the other end of the spectrum being chairman of the board of a company that has 1150 employees, exactly the same creative journey in, in both ends of the, of, the, of the deal because one, is equally as important as the other in my life. So they deserve the same respect and they deserve the same clarity of vision so that I can be as creative with both of them. Does that make sense? Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I need like a study course for that. Holy moly. No, I get it. I so get it. And, you know, that's like the last thing a solopreneur really thinks of. And I, I'm making a sweeping generalist statement by saying that, but... So many people get so caught up in the weeds right off the bat. They have an yeah. idea and they think, oh, that's my vision. That's my idea. I'm going that way. But they don't take the time to flesh it out, to develop it, to test it, to really make sure that it can hold water so it can carry them and offer them that opportunity to open up to creativity. So I, and, I love it. Love and it. if you don't do it, you're always going to be waking up with every day being the Super Bowl. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. And that's what I tell my clients. They come to me and like, all right, Terry, I need to do this tactical thing or that tactical thing. I'm like, okay, do you have a fully funded marketing strategy? They're like, what? <laughs> what? I'm just going to tell people I'm good. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to get a business card. Stuff. <laughs> I'm going to get a business card. <laughs> but it's okay. It's just, you know, none of us came out of the shoot, you're, whether we're getting laid off of a job like you and I did, right? We both got laid off of a job and that's how we started our independent careers. And we didn't get the manual on how to do all this stuff. So we're kind of trying to figure it out as we go. Yeah, but look, I've been doing this for 30 years. There's still no manual. Yeah, I mean, true. I still sit down as, as recent as this morning with my wife and we work out what the next three months looks like, which doesn't look like the last three months. 
mm-hmm. and probably won't look like the three months after that. But we, we just keep working it towards a common goal, a common vision. And, you know, we create the manual as we go. I love it. I love it. You are the manual. (laughs) (laughs) Troy, it's been an absolute pleasure. I just I'd love to have you on longer and longer because there's so many things that we could still talk about. But I just adore the nugget you shared around that advisory group and the vision. I think those two things right there are so huge. And I invite my listener to really give it some good thought and consideration because this this guy right here, I'm telling you, he's got it together. So, Troy, thank you so much. And I will have more information about how you can connect with Troy, read his great books, and just really enjoy what he's got going on. Maybe see him on stage sometime uh, on the show notes page. So, Troy, thank you so much, and I hope to see you soon. No worries. Thanks for the chat. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.